0: Welcome to the Art of Strategic Reaction podcast. I'm Kyle Brost, a strategist and changemaker. I'm the CEO of Spark Policy Institute, founder and principal at Choice Strategy Group, and contributor to Forbes, Thrive Global, and Influencer. I lead at the intersection of strategy and impact, where I turn ordinary individuals into strategists and change makers. Let's get started. Hey, 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 folks. Welcome to The Art of Strategic Reaction. This is Kyle Brost. And today we have on Clinton Senko, who is one of the co-founders and operators of Influensive, uh, a true entrepreneur, somebody who's a thought leader and has had an opportunity to connect with some phenomenal folks. So I'm really excited to have Clinton on and talk about what he's learned from these individuals, what he's learned from his own experiences, and some of the practical insights and tips that he can offer you as the audience, Clinton. Welcome to the Artist Strategic Reaction.
1: Hey, Kyle. Thanks a lot for having me. Um, really, really excited to be here, and um, yeah, just excited to uh, you know shed some shed some light and and provide some value for all the amazing listeners you got.
0: Thanks a bunch. We're looking forward to it. So obviously, I had just gave a tiny snippet into to who you are. Do you mind just sharing a little bit more about your background and who you are and what it is that you're up to today.
1: Yeah, you bet. Um, so yeah, I guess kind of the, you know, Cole's Notes short version of, of, of my story. It's it kind of, um, you know, a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, but uh, but yeah, I guess the best way to say it is I'm, I'm Canadian, so I'm actually uh, north of the border. Um, I was, uh, I grew up a high-level hockey player my whole life um, here in Canada. And um, yeah, I ended up uh, playing junior hockey across Canada for three years after high school um, and then actually ended up uh, securing a scholarship to college in Canada as well. So um, I ended up playing college hockey for four years in Canada, got my business degree. Um, and then after that, just kind of started dabbling in a bunch of different areas and, until what's kind of led me down the path that I'm, that I'm pursuing now in, in entrepreneurship. But, um, but essentially, my background has ranged from um, working in, in sales and marketing with different startup companies um, that have raised venture back funding. Um, I acted as a director of partnerships for another software company. Um, I've kind of found myself always in the sales marketing type realm. And then, um, it was probably around three and a half, four years ago, where I actually just started to, uh, t- dabble in writing a little bit. And, um, I was someone that kind of, uh, grew up, uh, not the best writer and I didn't really like it. And, um, I just kind of came across it somehow and, um, kind of, kind of noticed that I started getting good at it. And um, that's uh, I started writing for a bunch of different websites and and a bunch of different platforms and, um, you know, the Huffington Post and a bunch of others. And then um, it was around about three, three and a half years ago where I met my uh, my partner and and, uh, our founder, CEO of Influenza, Brian. And uh, basically, once uh, once we connected, we were bouncing a few ventures and a few ideas off each other. And. Um, that's when uh, he told me he was, uh, you know, building this platform called Influensive and was just looking for a few other writers. And um, basically, uh, you know, after after him and I um, kind of connected and and I started writing for Influensive. I loved the name. I saw the brand. I saw the vision, and um, I knew that there was areas that I could bring to the table. So. Um, so that's when Brian and I uh, partnered together and, and kind of the rest is history and, and kind of where we are today and, and where, we've, where we've brought the brand. So um, hopefully that provides a little bit of a, of a background on me, but a little bit unconventional. Um, grew up, uh, you know, an athlete, a jock, you could basically say, and, and kind of found my, found my way in, uh, in business and entrepreneurship uh, to where I am today.
0: Yeah, that's definitely helpful. Thanks for, for giving us that. You know what I think is interesting? Um, I've had several people on the podcast and, and obviously through networking and entrepreneurship, you meet people who have All sorts of backgrounds that led them to the path that they're on. Um, I don't know that I've had somebody on who went from hockey to entrepreneurship. But one thing that I think is is consistent, (laughs) (laughs) one thing that I think is consistent is this element of figuring out how those past experiences play into what you're trying to do today. So totally. how do you think hockey has played into your current success, into the uh, other achievements that you had, the work that you're doing?
1: Yeah, um, honestly, I, I, I love that question. And I think um, I honestly uh, attribute a lot of the things that I've learned um in hockey and, and just playing high level sports my whole life into everything that I'm doing in business and entrepreneurship and, and building companies and ventures and, you know, and different projects and, um, you know, everything from ranging from working as a team. Um, I've been in, in hockey to provide some insight, you know, I've been on the teams that have lost, um, basically every game the whole season, they've won six games out of a 62-game season where, you know, I was kind of on the brink of, you know, maybe I should quit, maybe I should stop playing, um, to the being on the teams where, you know, we're ho- hoisting the trophy at the end of the season. Um, you know, we won a league championship coming within, you know, a few games of the national championship and, and seeing what it took and what type of um, team um, we had when we won. Um, so a lot of those things that I learned um, early on around teamwork, communication, um, just really finding, uh, finding the right uh, people for, for, um, for roles, I think that was probably one of the biggest thing um, that I can relay into with Influensive, um, with another uh, venture that I'm involved with called Shift Chain. Um, and then, you know, for other ventures and business uh, adventures, really, that I'll be doing in the, in, the, in the future is everyone has a role to play. Um, and when it comes to success and when it comes to, you know, winning championships or business success, there's different people that you're going to need on your team to fill these holes. And you do not want, um, you know, all goal scorers on your team. You do not want um, all goalies on your team. You know, you need the right mix of defenders, forwards, goalies, everything together. Um, And when you have that right cohesive mix with different personalities, with different viewpoints, um, you know, sometimes it just clicks. And I was really able to learn that from hockey and just playing in sports, uh, you know, my whole life that – having that um experience in those different roles um where practically some more insight into myself was I was a role player I was someone I wasn't an offensive guy but um, I was someone that would do whatever it took, uh, for us to win a game or for, you know, us to get a puck deep into the zone or whatever it was to stand up for a teammate. That's the type of person that I was, um, when I played and that's what I've taken into, into business. Um, I know that there's certain roles that I can play in that I should play in team in a team. And that's what I, I try to take with me. So there's a lot and lot of things that we could totally elaborate on more, but I think, um, I really feel that whole athletic nature um that I developed at a very young age and to to the person I am today. I owe a lot of the success i owe, I owe a lot of the um ways that I do things to um to sports to hockey and and all the things that I learned
0: you know that that insight about roles is a really valuable insight what would you say to? Uh, to an entrepreneur or a small business owner who uh, is trying to make this shift from being the the individual who runs everything, um, how what tip would you give them or what insight would you give them to recognizing the importance of needing other skills or talents um, within their organization and their business? And And maybe part of the reason I'm asking that question is because I think there are so many entrepreneurs who are trying to do it All themselves. Mm -hmm. And they may not recognize the value of really having a team and having role players as a part of that team. And then recognizing that as the entrepreneur, as the leader, what should their role be?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I I, I love that. And and honestly, um, it's something that's really came to me over the last, I'd probably say year, year and a half. It wasn't something I figured out. Um, you know, six or seven years ago, and I'm like the master at it now. But, you know, that's where I think everyone, um, everyone listening to this is stop comparing yourself to other entrepreneurs that, you know, maybe are a little bit faster than you, um, are a little bit slower than you, or you're getting discouraged of, you're not able to find exactly, you know, what it is your business is going to be, or what your specialty should be. But something that I've kind of learned is, is kind of the more that you, you you do stuff, the more that you fail, the more that you um, really get into things and, and just kind of get your, your hands dirty a little bit, the more um, you'll find what it is that um, you'll be good at. And something that I've realized over the last few years is You need to stop just working in your business and you need to work on your business. And that's something that I tell, you know, other entrepreneurs um, and businesses that I advise is you need to find other people that can complement the skills. Um, If you are just an entrepreneur right now and you're starting a venture, you know, I'm someone that I could be 50 percent at a lot of things. I can learn a lot of things really quickly and I can do it. And you know, I can do the graphic design, I can do all the marketing, I can do the writing, I can do the selling, You know, I could do the balance sheets, I could do all that stuff if I wanted to. But the reality is, is I'm focusing on areas that I'm only 50% on, when you should be focusing on those areas where that you're really, really good on, where you can, where you really excel, where you really enjoy, and where you can really become an expert. Um, that's what I think everyone needs to work towards is finding kind of that secret sauce that you have over somebody else, or what you have over another business, let's say. And something that I've implemented even myself um, over the last um, the last few months actually was I was someone that um, you know has started to bring other areas into into my business, and I've hired um, people to do graphic design, and I've hired accounting teams to do the financials, so then I don't have to do that stuff. Because I know where my skill set lies. My skill set lies on sales, business development, strategy, marketing, the real big picture stuff of how to move the business forward. And so I think it's really, really important where for everyone listening is you need to start surrounding yourself with the right people that can bring these different skills. And sometimes as a solo entrepreneur, um, it's tough. It's tough to kind of let other people in and and kind of take your hands off of things because you're so, this is your baby and this is what you created. But um, you'll start to see that when you kind of let go of things and you bring in other parties or other services or other companies to complement you, you can really focus on the stuff that you're amazing at. And when you're when you focus on that stuff, I think you're going to start seeing those results a lot more than you just being someone that does everything within your business. So remember to work on your business rather than in your business. And if you're working just in your business, you're doing everything. But when you're working on your business, you're working on the outside. How can I grow? How can I do this? How can I do that? So to kind of work on that outside rather than on the inside.
0: That's really good. I I, I like that a lot. Um, And I think you're absolutely right. You know, there are so many early stage entrepreneurs, uh, solopreneurs who are focused on working in their business, the day-to-day grind, and not focused as much on working on the business. And that's really where the big strategy and strategic decisions are made. Right. There, there was a comment that you made um, in, in there that I think brought up a really powerful question that entrepreneurs can be asking themselves, especially those who are just trying to build their team. And the question is... What will you as the leader be the expert at? So knowing that you can't be everything to everybody in your business, that you can't fill every role within your organization, forcing yourself as a a small business owner, as an entrepreneur to answer that question, what will I be the expert at with regard to my business? And and forcing yourself to choose that one bucket that you're going to be the expert at and then acknowledging that if I'm going to be the expert at that thing, I'm going to have to find a whole bunch of other people that can fill these other roles because I'm not going to be the expert at 100 different things.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's great. And, and, and I think the best way to kind of think about it is, is you know, I think it's better to take baby steps versus don't take any steps at all. Um, so you know, for example, is if you're an entrepreneur right now, you're a business owner, and you know you're you're someone that's on the day to day grind, and you're doing everything within your business, and you know you're pulling these long hours and everything. Finding that one person that can complement something that you're currently doing that would be amazing to put off your plate. Um, you know, kind of look at that that balance of you know, look at the, 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 you know, I guess you could kind of say that the cost analysis or or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, if you brought someone in or some company where you're going to pay them, you know, $300 a month, you know, they're going to do all your books. They're going to do all your finances. They're going to do your payroll. They're going to do all that stuff. Um, and you pay them $300 and they're going to do it for you, um, per month. How much time is that going to save you? How much, um, if that saves you five hours, 10 hours, 15 hours a month, okay, is that $300 that you're paying to save the 10, 15 hours a month, is it worth it? it? And if you're someone that is telling yourself where, hey, you need to get more sales, you need to get more clients, or hey, you need to be creating more uh, marketing content because you don't have enough out there right now, or you really want to over deliver on some of the clients that you have right now, You got to look at that kind of analysis of, okay, is it worth the $300 that I have to invest or however much it is? This is just a small, small example that, you know, for someone um, starting as a solopreneur or an early entrepreneur, this is something that you're going to be faced with. And um, I don't want you to all think that, you know, right now I need to know what I need to be an expert in, or I need to know what it is because... I think with life, life just happens sometimes and we don't have all the answers right away and you shouldn't have all the answers because like I said, it wasn't really until probably you know the last year and a half, two years where you, I've started to realize that where my strengths lie is in business development, in partnerships, is sitting down with people, negotiating deals, putting proposals out there, shaking hands, closing stuff off. That is where my skills lie. Now, can I do amazing? Um, Can I do marketing? Can I do the finances? Do I know how that stuff works? Of course, I know how all that stuff works. But when I focus on what I'm really, really good at, I can really move that needle forward. But it was only until you know, the last little bit, the last few years where this has started to kind of click to me. And that's where for you, and for everyone listening is Sometimes you just got to do stuff and you got to, you might think it's going to be the right decision and sometimes it doesn't turn out, but once you kind of just experience life and experience your business, I feel as long as you don't give up and you keep moving forward and you're not degressing rather than progressing, um, you're going to find that kind of secret sauce and you're going to find that little area that, you know, that little niche or that little um, focus area where you're like, I'm really good at that or I'm really good at these two things And I'm going to focus on these two things versus, you know, I'm going to be 40 or 50% on these six things. So don't get overwhelmed that you need to have your answer right now. Go through life, try things, fail fast, learn from your failures and take all that information and really come to that conclusion of what it is that you should be an expert in or what you should really be focusing on in your business.
0: I really like this this element that you're speaking to of doing some level of kind of analysis around this and learning as you go. And as you were talking, I felt like I heard kind of two opportunities for analysis. So one would be uh, actually analyzing the quality of the work that you're doing within those spaces. So just being really candid and honest with yourself as to how good is the work I'm doing in this space. If I'm a solopreneur, I have a small team and I'm wearing a lot of different hats, sitting down and just being really honest, how good's the work that I'm doing in all of these different spaces so that you have a sense of where there's a good opportunity and then the other pieces, which of these activities are the biggest value add? So if you're identifying activities that you're doing really poor quality work on or you know that the quality of work should be a lot better, and they're huge value-add activities, then that may be an opportunity for you to either say, I need to buckle down on this particular activity and get better at it, or I need to find a a team member. I need to find somebody who can do this better because it's such a key activity. But I liked that idea of some form of analysis along the way that's that's balancing those two dynamics, the quality of the work that you're actually producing as the the leader versus the importance and value of that. Uh, And part of the reason that I like that a lot is because so many entrepreneurs are, as you pointed out, working in their business. They feel like they're being productive. And yet when you get down to the actual work they're doing, they're spending time and energy and effort on really low value activities right. that are just busy work. So they feel like they're being productive because they're doing something and yet it's the kind of activity that's not really moving them forward. Right. Yeah. No. So I actually yeah. one of one of the one of the other questions that I had as, yeah. as you were talking about this. Kind of going back to the hockey thing, as you mentioned these losing seasons, and then you talked about how if you just keep kind of persevering, if you just keep working on it, these baby steps, um, that that's really how you get to the end goal. What did you learn from and what were your experiences during those losing seasons? How did you deal with those? What was it that you experienced? How do you recover from, learn from, move forward after a season where, uh, where the, the, you know, the end record looks terrible?
1: Yeah, honestly, um, I think this is something that I'm sure... Um, you know, listeners, um, even yourself from people that you've been able to connect with and kind of hear their stories and and, and how things have transformed is I know with the people that I have in my network or that I've met or they interviewed, you know, whether they're Shark tank entrepreneurs to New York Times bestselling authors to, you know, some of the top entrepreneurs, athletes, influencers around the world is something that I've learned um, with all of them is everybody deals with hard times. Um, You know, everyone's dealing with, Um, something at some point in their life where they wanted to quit or where all the cards were stacked up against them. And they basically said, screw it. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to play my own deck of cards and I'm going to take my own destiny in my hands. And it's ultimately led them to, you know, to the success and to the life that they're currently living. So when it came to kind of those losing seasons and and there's, there's even examples, even in, in, in my early business career, is is when it came to those losing seasons it's um you know it was my 20 my it was in canada and even in the u.s um the way that it works is you play hockey for junior for three years after high school so from 18 to 20 um i played uh i played junior hockey and when i was 20 um so this is my last year of junior you're kind of looking to get a scholarship to go to the states or to stay in Canada. Um, And kind of pursue your career. And then after that, you can kind of go pro and stuff. So um, in my 20 year old year ended up getting traded. um, And I was on a team where we actually won. Um, I was, we won six games out of a 62 game season. And I got traded about two, three months into the season um, to this team. And from December to March. Um, which is probably about 40 games I won I think three games um, of that time that I was there so for four or five months um, we were getting killed Um, we were getting crushed Um, we were absolutely um, just just getting annihilated we shouldn't even have been in the league that's how bad our team was Um, and yeah it just honestly got to a point where I started thinking like should I still do this like why am I still playing? Like you don't play sports at a high level to lose all the time. Um, But there was just something inside of me that was like, no, like you got to keep going, Um, you know, see what's out there. And it really was kind of after that season where I think I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself. I learned that this was just something that is just another roadblock. It's something that I have to get over because Um, To go back to even more adversity that I had even earlier in my life is when I was 15, in grade 10, I actually tore my ACL in my knee from hockey. um, And I had reconstructive surgery on my knee. And um, so I was actually out for six months um, when I was 15. And then I had reconstructive surgery, came back for the next season. And I was playing for the in about two, three weeks after my surgery and ended up spraining my wrist. Um and I sprained my wrist and I thought it was a sprain at least. And um, it ended up being a very, very bad fracture of one of the worst bones in your body to break in your wrist called the scaphoid. And I ended up getting surgery on that, um, which put wow. me out another six months. So um and when I was 15 and 16, I had back-to-back surgeries where it set me back in my career, set me back to get better. Um, So I think by the time that I was 20 already, I was already I've already dealt with so much adversity and I could have quit back when I was 15 or 16, that when I was 20, I already had that mindset that I'm not going to quit, I'm not going to give up. And I'm very thankful that I didn't because, you know, when I got into college, um, I learned a lot of things in college. Um, It was probably some of the best times of my life where I ended up winning um, a championship in my last year of college um, when I graduated. And that's also where I met my wife and there's so many amazing things that have came from my experience of not giving up that it just really made me who I am today. And I owe a lot to that, but I dealt with a lot of adversity early on in my life that I think when it came to kind of those losing seasons or having a bad client or just like I know um, I could wake up tomorrow and you know, something could be crazy in one of the businesses that I'm dealing with. I know it's just, it's going to happen. But I feel like nowadays, I'm kind of, you know, ready for it, and I'm ready to deal with it. And it's not going to force me to kind of put me in that negative mindset of, okay, I should, you know, quit, or I shouldn't do this anymore. Um, so I think you just have to really develop it over time, um, that you need to realize that you're going to have a lot of tough times. And, and I've, I've had a lot um, in my in my life. And I just know that, Um, if you kind of keep going, and you have a positive attitude, and and you you see the light at the end of the tunnel, um, I think good things happen to good people. So, um, so yeah, so hopefully that kind of, uh, you know, provides a little bit more insight into, you know, some of the some of the things that I, I really dealt with at a young age.
0: Yeah, well, I think that the key principle here that you're speaking to is that you have to work through those things in order to learn that you can totally. So the the next time you face some form of adversity, the next time you face a roadblock, you have some disappointment, you've you've had the experience that shows you that you can work through it and that good things will come. But until you actually push yourself through that, you're always going to have doubt. And if you don't push yourself through it, the next time you come across a challenge or a barrier, you're going to be just as likely to not face it. And so you have to have these experiences to learn that you really can work through them, move forward.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's a really, really good insight because it goes down to the same, same thing as, you know, I learned more in my losing seasons than I did in my, in my winning seasons. And the reality is, is when you're losing games or you're losing seasons, um, you know, you learn more because you're trying to figure out those ways of how you can become better, you know, how you can redo something or how you can retool or how you can, um, you know, prepare better. And it, it goes down to the same thing as business. If you think that you're going to be in business and every client's going to work out and every client's going to be cooperative and, and, and then one day you lose a client, you know, you need to, you need to experience that. So then you know what it feels like and how you can get better and how you can correct it so you can kind of keep moving forward so there's a lot of comparisons of the winning and losing that can be you know compared to in sports and it can be in business
0: yeah absolutely well those those hard times are the ones that really force the reflection right when everything's going well you don't really have much incentive to to try to explore how to get a lot better if everything's going really well exactly. and that's what's interesting about doing strategy work is you know nobody calls a strategy consultant when Businesses, you know, flying high and everything's going well. They call a strategy consultant when, when they're forced to reflect because performance is low and down, and that's when they, you know, get into this position where they really want to explore what's the right way forward. Right. So there is tremendous amounts of value. I'm curious going to the actual Influensive yeah. space. Uh, I think Influensive is a, is a great website. Um, you know, I've published pieces on on Influensive. Um, you have a lot of thought leaders who produce really good stuff. And I would, I would assume that being such a big part of it, you've been, you've had the opportunity to be exposed to some really amazing people and learn some really amazing things. What are some of the big things that stand out to you in terms of lessons learned, connections made that Influensive has given you the chance to do?
1: Yeah, honestly, um, everything that's happened with Influensive and just kind of like um, how fast everything has grown and and, you know, things and, and opportunities that have come from it is just completely overwhelming. Um, but, you know, the, the, the thing that I kind say of to, to say to people is, is I think, you know, if, if you're someone that's listening to this right now, and you're, you know, working a nine to five job, for example, or, you know, maybe you're an entrepreneur, and, and you're kind of looking to, you know, how can I establish a real business? How can I, you know, do something and kind of, you know, get, get that lifestyle back, get that, you know, work-life balances, um, something that I learned, um, basically when I met Brian was kind of, he really put this, um, you know, um, belief inside of me is, is when you provide value to others and you aren't looking for something in return right away, um, you know, amazing things can happen. And, um, when it came to influenza and everything that we've done is basically to this point, um, we, we've, we've built a platform and we've built a brand that, you know, reaches millions of people around the world per month, but, um, we've really built a platform that, you know, shares and educates and inspires other people around entrepreneurship and business and, um, you know, success and learning that, you know, the, 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 the good times and the bad times of, of top people around the world that has allowed us an opportunity to connect with them in person and, and meet with them and, and you know, interview them. And um, there's been a lot of amazing, amazing experiences. But it was early on with Influensive, um, it started as a passion project for Brian. And it basically was Brian was a very established entrepreneur. Um, He was an Inc 500 entrepreneur in in 2015. And um, he had the 25th fastest growing marketing and advertising company in the US. And from that, he he was very, very successful for the past 10, 15 years before, even Influensive. Um, But he was really just kind of, um, you know, more more or less in the background. And he didn't think anyone really wanted to um, hear his knowledge and what he had to say. And Influensive started as a passion project of of basically just him taking his wisdom and and putting it out there um, and writing about it. And once he started to gain a following and once he saw people, you know, liked what he had to say and... Um, that's when things started to take off. And then when I joined, we just kind of, um, you know, threw more gasoline on the fire and, and things just really, really took off. But um, I feel like um, early on, um, learning that providing value to others first and really building that community, I think is a really, really valuable thing. And no matter what business um, you are building or want to build, because if you are someone that is providing value or you're helping people, or um, you're helping them build their business. Uh, you know, down the road, that person um, is gonna, you know, thank you. Or that person is, you know, gonna wanna, you know, purchase a product from you, or um, or gonna want to collaborate with you or partner with you. Um, more, more, more or less. Of course, it's this is it's not a guarantee, but um, it was it's really finding that that medium of when you start a business right now. Don't focus on. Um, just selling everybody right away from day one. It's really focus on the community, play the long game, and when you can play the long game, you'll start to see that you know there's going to be a lot of hard times. But once you kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel, and and you you stay to it and you you stay consistent, there's a lot of really really great things that can come from it. And um, it's it's been a it's been a crazy wild journey with with But but the way that I like to tell people too is. Um, the site's really on, are basically only like almost three years old. Um, you know we're still we're still just getting started. there's still a lot more that I want to do. There's still a lot more that Brian and I want to do with it and there's a lot more that we can do. so um, so it's really, really exciting with the you know short amount of time that we've that we've uh, um, been able to grow it the way that we have but um, but we still we still have a lot to go and and it's it's really exciting to um, to really kind of you know see how things are going to go over here the next little bit.
0: That is really exciting. And and the the principle of building a community is a really important one. As you were talking about that, it reminded me of a meeting I had uh, a couple of years ago, probably two two and a half years ago. I had a, a couple of gentlemen approach me about investing in a in a business idea, and so we sat down and they were telling me about this idea, and it was this. Uh, fitness idea, and it's there's There are concepts, so I won't go into the details of it. But it was a fin- fitness concept, and they were talking about um, all of the investment they needed to launch this fitness brand and yep. some of the technology behind it and location. and And as we got talking, I kept asking them, "Why do you need all of that to get started? You know, the the principle behind it was somewhat unique around sports and using sports for fitness, and how they applied it was unique. And I kept asking, "Why do you need?" all of this front end investment to get started. Right. And I posed this question to them. I said, what if you just built the community first? What if you focused on doing events at, you know, parks every weekend? What if you focused on, you know, putting content out there about how to do some of this stuff for people? And there's a lot of examples of that working really well. I mean, you take in this space, you take CrossFit as an example. They mm-hmm. built the community long before they scaled the business and became, you know, the CrossFit that everybody knows now. And so I think there's a ton of support for exactly what you're saying around giving value first, building a community, and then exploring how you scale it. And the benefit to that if you've done it is if you are able to build the community, you've proven the model and the need.
1: Right. No, and I think that's it's it's obviously and and this is funny coming from me because it's totally opposite from what I was taught in business school. I have a business degree, I went to college for business because I knew I wanted to um, do entrepreneur stuff and have my own business. And I just, I knew that was an area I wanted to get into. And my first venture um, in entrepreneurship was actually when I was 17. But, you know, something that was totally opposite from how you're taught in school is, Basically, you're told to create this big elaborate business plan, all this, you know, plan out the next five or 10 years, what is it going to look like? Um, and what's your product? How are you making money from day one? And I think, um, really, there needs to be a shift in mindset, because the shift that, that you can really implement in what we've done with influenza, and I think is really valuable, is focusing on that value piece. And I think, with the the power of social media and the power of technology and apps that we have, where we can basically you know talk with, connect with, um, get access to basically anyone that we want in the world, you know from our fingertips, from our phone, um, is a very, very valuable resource that basically anyone, anywhere in the world right now could be starting a business. Um you could be talking to you know per- prospective customers and in countries all over the world. You could be collaborating, you could have business partners on the other side of the world. There's so many really cool use cases, but um, really when you build that community first or focus on being someone of value, um, you really create this, this community and this following. And then when you have that community and you have that following, there's multiple different avenues that you'll be able to test out in terms of monetization. Um, and that's where I'm saying it's not going to be the same formula for everybody. So it could be, you know, Hey, let's take the fitness thing. For example, you are listening to this right now. You're really into the fitness and nutrition field. Well, here's an example that you could, you want to get out of your nine to five job and you want to, um, become an entrepreneur and, and, and whatever is. So what you should be doing is where what 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 customers do you want to have your customers are probably most likely hanging out on Instagram somewhere. So what you should be doing is, you know, on Facebook and Instagram, you should be putting out daily content about how you can help people or giving them free advice or giving them free recipes or giving them free workouts, just all the content that you can get out all this great stuff, just help people be dedicated to helping people. And if you help people and you build a following, people are going to, you're going to attract people that are going to come to you because they're going to be like, hey, this page or this person or this business is really great. I can come to them for recipes. You know, I think I can come to them for this information that I need. And by not focusing on monetization right away, you're going to kind of get this following first. And then you can even test out ideas with that early audience that you have. And you could do this on a one-month scale. You could do this on a three-month scale. You could do it on a you know, six-month scale. You could do it on a yearly scale, whatever it is. But um, if you are listening to this and you want to start a business or you're having trouble to monetize or whatever, what I would say is focus on being somebody or your business of value. Create content, be valuable, create that community. And then once you have that community, then you're going to be able to um, monetize in, in multiple different ways and, and test things out.
0: This is really good stuff, and I and I love this. Just putting it out there in terms of building the community first. I think that um, it's a phenomenal way to get started and to create and build that value before go, before going forward. What uh, what comes next for you at this stage?
1: Honestly, um, I know it's it might sound funny, but in terms of in terms of myself, I feel like I haven't even hit my sp- stride yet. Honestly, um, I'm just getting started. I'm still um you know around 4 or 5 years into this whole you know entrepreneurship um you know kind of uh, game i've been in the whole startup tech ecosystem for um probably around 7 8 years now um so i've kind of seen how things work still getting my feet wet um had a lot of failures in my life learning a lot every more every every day but but really, where I want to go and where where I'm I'm going next is I'm I'm really focused on building influence. So if I want to start really building, bringing our community together. Um, all of our content's really been online, and um, we've really built a really massive following. So I really want to start bringing people together. I want to start nurturing our community more. And and um, we're extremely grateful for all the you know hundreds of contributors and. Um, you know, the millions of followers and, and, and viewers and users that we have. So I really want to create valuable experiences of bringing our community together. So, um, so that's something that I'm, I'm working on currently. And, um, you know, really, on top of that, just working with, with, with impact driven companies, entrepreneurs, um, really helping people to establish the, the life that I've been able to, to finally, you know, create, um, you know, for myself. And, And I I just really enjoy working with other, you know, brands, businesses, companies, um, finding ways to collaborate, finding ways to partner, um, because I really do think that entrepreneurs are super, super valuable in the world. And um, I think we need to, you know, pursue and get more people to be entrepreneurs. And um, if I can help more people be entrepreneurs and, and start businesses and build businesses and, and also take the courage to, to, to you know, kind of get away from things and, and, and give them some few tips here and there, um, you know, that's really going to make me happy. And that's something that I'm dedicated to, um, you know, moving forward is just really helping people, um, you know, establish themselves, building businesses, but also helping businesses grow and, and you know, um, just really uh, taking that next step.
0: Awesome. I love it. So obviously people can go to com and, and find resources and check it out. And there's a ton of stuff there. Anywhere else that you would direct listeners?
1: Yeah. I, in all honesty, um, I'm all over social media. I'm very, very active. So um, so really pick your, pick your uh, platform that you really want. Um, but uh, my Instagram is just Clint, at Clinton Sanko. Um, Facebook is just at Clinton Sanko as well. Um, feel free, feel free to, to connect with me. Um, feel free to reach out. Um, whether you want LinkedIn, doesn't really matter. But I'm really, really um, happy to connect with more people. Would love to find ways to collaborate. Would love to help. Um, you know, provide insight where I can. And um, I really hope uh, you know the listeners and also yourself uh, have been able to you know get some get some wisdom and and you know get some good insight from from this uh, from this chat. And um, I'm excited to to see what see what happens next.
0: Absolutely. And, and thanks so much for joining us. Uh, folks, go check out Influensive.com. Go follow Clinton Senko uh, on Instagram. Check him out on Facebook. Um, doing a lot of really cool stuff. You know, A few things we didn't get into, but that uh, I'm sure he'd love to talk about or some of his other ventures like ShipChain. Um, but there's a ton of resources out there for Clinton for Influensive that I think you'll all find very valuable. Clinton, any parting words of wisdom before we wrap this up?
1: In all honesty, um, I think the the most important thing that I hope you can get from this chat is we can accomplish so much more when we work together as a team versus when you think that you just have to do everything by yourself. So um, surround yourself with the right people, bring in the right team members, um, focus yourself on what you're really good on, good at. Um, and when you, when you bring other people together and we work together, I think we can accomplish a lot more and make a lot more impact. So, um, remember you're not alone in this and, uh, bring in people and seek out, uh, the experts that you need to, to really put your team over the top.
0: Perfect. Those are awesome words of wisdom to wrap up, uh, I couldn't agree more, 100%. Um, You can always achieve more when you have other people supporting you than you can on your own. Focus on building a community. You'll find tremendous value yourself and you'll be delivering value to other people which will be returned to you. Clinton, thanks again for joining us. Folks, thanks for listening to the Art of Strategic Reaction and we will catch you on the next episode.